0: Hi Grady, how are you? Hey, good. How's it going? It's going well. Uh, oh, you just broke up a little bit. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you this one. And I asked if you. Okay, in Los Angeles or New York at the moment. Oh, I'm in New York right now. Um, I, I go to LA rarely, uh, but I'm just wrapped up a book and i'm finishing up a second one so i'm i am here in new york in my office working away excellent so grady Hendricks here today superstar writer of novels and screenplays and perhaps former caretaker of the overlook hotel correct <laughs> well you know it's funny i uh when I was a kid, I think I must have been eight or nine, maybe, and I went to Bible camp in the summer. It was like I did every year. And um, there was a kid who, when they heard my name, began crying because they'd just done a TV broadcast with a shiny, and he wouldn't sleep in the cabin with me. So they moved me. And like, I hadn't caught the broadcast. I didn't know what it was. But I knew I was in trouble for having the name Grady, and, and I had to move cabins. It was really traumatic. <laughs> but now it's a funny story exactly it's it's all good of the childhood trauma becomes a funny story, yes, yes, uh, and so now most recently, you wrote uh, alongside Ted, uh, I can never pronounce his name right jogen, jogen? gagan J- okay gagan, and I, I know Ted, I've known him for a few years, like the last time I saw him was at a film festival, uh and you both wrote or you wrote. Came up with a story of Satanic Panic, this new movie, and uh, which kind of follows like a very unfortunate girl who's on the first day of her pizza delivery job who just delivers pizza to the very wrong house, which appears to be a elite, wealthy group of of, a cult. And I'm just curious, like, so I'm like cults and stuff like that scare me, but I find them so. Like, I always, you know, I'm always interested in, like, their rituals and how they come up with it and how they can get other people to follow them. So I'm curious what research you did that you dove into for this movie. Well, a lot of it was um, just sort of the, knowing the iconography of swinging 70s Satanism, Right. The, the rogues and the pentagram medallions and the swords. Uh, that's sort of like a uh, race with the devil, brotherhood of Satan kind of stuff. Um, and, and I love that iconography. I just think it's so swanky and, and, and looks so good. Um, but the the idea of, of a cult that runs the world and sort of, you know, is after your children, and, uh, it, you know, controls all the wealth and keeps everyone basically as like fodder for their their sick desires. I mean, that idea has been around forever and, you know, it's just, they just swap out whoever, whoever's the, the perpetrator. Um, and I've always been a little obsessed with the satanic panic of the eighties just because I grew up then. And I remember, remi- I remember how much I felt like people had just lost their minds. Like, you know, not that these things were happening, but like people were acting as if they were newspaper editors and cops and lawyers and judges were are prosecuting cases that even to like a teenager seemed patently ridiculous. Um, and so uh you know when when I did Paperbacks from Hell, which is that history of seventies and eighties, horror paperbacks, I had read a lot of the the, the big works in, in um You know, uh, like Malachi Martin's exorcism books, which were supposedly nonfiction, and Michelle remembers by Michelle Smith and Lawrence Pasmer, uh, her therapist, which was her recovered, the first recovered memory, uh, that talked about satanic ritual abuse, um, books. And so I was pretty familiar with the ground. Um, the, the only research I really did, uh, was in terms of pizza delivery, just because I wanted to do a movie about pizza delivery people, but like, That's such a specialized, rarefied world. Um, And so I spent a lot of time on message boards and and reading accounts and and blogs and things by people who deliver pizza. Um, Just, you know, the same way that Will Graham visits Hannibal Lecter in in Manhunter to get back into the mindset. I I need to get into the mindset of of pizza delivery people. Yeah, because they really put themselves out like you're going to strangers' houses all day and, like, at some point, you know, maybe adult films start off like that, but if they kind of panic, it's, like, worst case scenario. You're, like, kidnapped and you're forced into this world. It's it's, uh, terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you you go in and you're bringing people pizzas. You're like an angel from heaven. You're bringing, like, the best food to people wherever they are. It's... It's so amazing. I mean, they really are sort of warriors of, of pizza and goodness. But, uh, yeah, they put themselves in situations where they see some janky shit. So, um, it, it's, it's a weird life, I think. Yes. And so, I, you know, I've read my best friend's exorcism, of course, Store*, which I loved. And I'm looking forward to reading We okay. Hold Our Souls, uh, which I haven't read yet, but I love the throwback to Black Sabbath album. Love that album. Um and Uh, I I, yes and I and I'm I'm curious uh you know and you're writing screenplays as well so can you talk a little bit about the difference between writing novels versus screenplays and if there's one easier if there's one has more freedom or yeah I mean books novels are more about character like you can really get into someone's head and, and spend time with them and jump around in their life and and go on about their memories and things. And and movies are a lot more about everything in them has to be visible. It has to be dialogue that's spoken, a decision someone makes. You can't do interior with a movie. Uh, and movies are also much more tightly structured than most novels, except for some genre fiction like mysteries and things. Movies really are, have to be fuel efficient and, and, and be tightly structured. You don't have time to goof around on scenes that are fun but don't go anywhere, at least in the movies I prefer. And so working in books, what I take from no, – uh, so working in novels that I take from movies is that sort of fuel efficiency, having a really tight making sure that the characters are doing things that show who they are, and you're showing who they are through their choices, not just what they're thinking. Uh, but then going the other way, from books to movies um, – one is precision of language. Um, I find a lot of screenplays get written with sort of very loose language. And and books, you really need to be, I feel, really precise about your choice of words for things. You can't say kind of or sort of or about. You can't describe a character as beautiful as, as so many screenplays do. It doesn't mean anything. Um, and the other thing that books, where they really inform movies and, it's a lesson that really uh, was brought home to me with Satanic Panic is you can have the coolest gore and the best set pieces and the most amazing jokes and all that stuff, but what people really want to see in an audience is two characters in a room interacting, and, the, and then the higher stakes that interaction has – The more different those two people are, the more people want to watch it. But that's when audiences really come alive. And that's very much a book thing, that sort of primacy of character. Um, So that's really informed screenplay writing for me. All right. I like that. I like that. Um, So being a maestro in the horror genre, is there anything you've written that was just too hardcore to be published Or you had yourself step away and say, like, damn, I wrote that. Can you talk a little bit about that at all? No, because it always seems pretty normal to me once it's done. Um, Like, once it's done, it's like, oh, you know, I sat there and worked on, like, making sure that I didn't start sentences with too many of the same word or I didn't use the word just too many times. So it it gets very – you get into the nuts and bolts. So the overall effect is really lost. But I've got a book coming out in April of next year called The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. And there's three scenes in it that just the, the early people who are reading it, like in the in the publisher, or the editor, and, and people like that, are just like, oh, my God, really? Are, are you kidding? Um, and so I'm kind of curious how people are going to react to that because – one of the scenes I get it. The other two though seem so just straightforward to me, but they seem to be upsetting people. So we'll see what happens with that. Well I can't wait uh, to read I'm a little it. nervous to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to read it. Um, so you're you're kind of a collector of old horror paperbacks, I think. Uh, what's the most curious like horror paperback you have in your collection? Well, By collector, you mean I happen to have giant tottering piles of these things and no apparent order? Yes, I I am that person. Um, But I'm trying to think the most curious thing. Well, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize until after Paperbacks from Hell came out how many celebrities sort of dabbled in in, um, mass market paperback horror or or sci-fi. and Like Jacqueline Suzanne, who did Valley of the Dolls, She wrote a UFO book, and she wrote it early, but it got republished in the seventies once she was famous. Christina Crawford, Joan Crawford's daughter, who's famous for writing *Mommy Dearest*, she wrote a horror paperback or a horror novel that was one of the paperback boom books. Um, And even more fascinating to me, and I have three of these that I haven't read yet, but E. Howard Hunt, the convicted Watergate co-conspirator, he wrote a bunch of horror paperbacks, and they actually, the blurb on the front says. From convicted Watergate co conspirator E. Howard Hunt, you know, witch doctor. And so I'm dying to read those. That sounds great. <laughs> and I, I like, I have like a lot of like books and records that are, uh, strewn up like that. So I was like, but I know where they are. So, yeah, like exactly. Um, and so being a fan of, you know, horror, uh, films or just film and books in general, do you have any favorite Scenes from movies that have always stuck with you that you know you think about when you're working or just uh, inspires you. Favorite scenes? Well, I don't know if inspires me the right word, but there's always stuff that's back in like the the attic, you know, of your subconscious. So, like for me, the the scene from Philip Kaufman's Invasion of the Body, I think Philip Kaufman's Invasion of the Body Snatchers from the '70s. Where Donald Sutherland falls asleep in the backyard and almost gets duplicated, sort of gets like you know it's, it's the plant rape scene basically. Um, that uh, the um, the Grady twins in Sh- *The Shining*, Danny coming across them, especially the bathtub scene in *The Shining*. Um, also, um, uh, at the end of Romero's *Dawn of the Dead*, when the elevator opens up and all the zombies come in and eat Flyboy, he's trying to get out the hatch. I mean, these moments have just stuck with me all my life and, like, really, like, um, sort of a, uh, live in the attic. Um, and, and, and conversely, though, one scene that's always stuck with me that I think actually has had a huge influence on how I write is a spoiler alert for a movie from the 70s, but at the end of Dawn of the Dead, when uh, the main character is about to shoot himself and he's given up and the zombies have overrun them all, and Fran takes off in the helicopter, and, and the, the SWAT key guy goes down, and he, he's going to kill himself. It's all done. He doesn't want to live anymore. The zombies pour into the room where he's in, and uh, he changes his mind. And and you think he's done for, and, and he fights his way out. And um, it's, it's this moment where it's like everything is dark, and against overwhelming odds, you know, um, you watch uh, Ken Faree basically fight his way to, to salvation. And I feel like I can never write a, a tragic ending because that they're, they're, that scene always sticks with me and always sort of like, you know, as long as you're still breathing and, and, and have a gun and maybe along with the SWAT scene, there's some hope. Oh, it's so good. I just love reliving that through you telling that. <laughs> Cause I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good one. Yeah, Ken Faree's the man, you know, he's so good in that movie. It's it's Dawn of the Dead is one of those movies that I could just watch. I, I can drop everything and watch it all the way through anytime it it's on. Correct. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, and is there a horror subgenre that you're dying to tackle that you haven't done yet? um not yet. i mean there there's not really i mean all of them on the one hand um you know one of the things that blows my mind is that there's not a movie called illuminati you know that's such shorthand we all know it um but you know it's also i would love love to read, to do a take on vampires I mean, I can't do a zombie movie. I, I just zombies are too personal for me. I, I'm too scared of them to do much with them that's entertaining. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, no one's done a Killer Kid movie in a while. You know, I mean there's been some parodies of Killer Kid movies, but Killer Kid movies were huge for a while. Um so yeah, really all of them. Well apologies, uh, y'all. We're about out of time. All right, all right, no problem. Uh thank you, Grady. I could just talk to you for hours. Um Thanks. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, of course, and uh, take take care enjoy the film, and uh, look forward to seeing it released. Oh, me too. Thanks, man. Take you, right, Have a good one.